Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily, and this week we are getting the opportunity to start talking to some of our amazing presenters for the season of The Witch Conference. And kicking that off for us is Lilith Dorsey. She is a voodoo priestess, author, filmmaker, and choreographer, and likely so much more, but we're going to find out. So I want to welcome her in today. Welcome, Lilith. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be on the show. I'm so excited to be part of the event. This is wonderful. Yay! Well, I love getting to meet um, witches and, and wild women out in the world and find out all the things that they're doing, because I really believe that the more we connect, um, the more we lift each other up, and then together we all get to rise a little higher. Uh, so I would love to learn a little bit more about you and let our listeners learn a little bit more about you. So so can we begin maybe with, uh, what are you up to these days? What's What's your life look like? Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we are literally coming into the season of the witch, right? Yes. So yeah. there's just so many events I'm doing and I'm, you know, about to, well, I just handed in a draft for a new book. So that's not so. I still have my blog, Voodoo Universe. So that's crazy. I'm still doing readings all the time. And then now that it's not 105 degrees here in New Orleans, we've got uh, parades again. So we have the Mermaid Parade tomorrow. I just finished Midsummer Mardi Gras last weekend. So oh yeah, back to party season. Yeah. Wait, so do you have a mermaid costume? I lost it. And then I had to make another one. And uh, I will probably make a third for tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. Nice. That's the fun of it, right? Like, you know what I mean? Having that creative rush at the last minute you know totally well and I personally uh will take any excuse I can to dress up in some kind of costume so I I love having multiple costumes to create and choose from yeah I think that's why I moved to New Orleans you know I mean I think people <laughs> think Mardi Gras is one parade they have no idea it's literally like dozens and dozens of parades starting on Epiphany and leading up to Fat Tuesday. But yeah, it's it's nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> so I'm guessing you like a little crazy. I do like a little crazy. It's fun. And I love dressing up too. Like, you know, I, when I was a kid, I was like, oh yeah, when I'm big, I'll dress up and go to ball, you know? Yes. <laughs> that's what I do now, you know, witch <laughs> balls, Mardi Gras balls, like, you know, vampire balls. Like, it's crazy. I love that. Oh my gosh. I wish that I could say I dress up and go to balls. I might have to come visit you in New Orleans yes, just so I can please. add that to my list. <laughs> please come visit. I have a double shotgun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can come stay. Visit, oh, get up to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a house, by the way. For everybody who's like, she's got a double shotgun. What is she talking about? <laughs> it's a type of New Orleans house. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a literal shotgun, people yeah right <laughs> yes yeah so you're going to be very busy in the coming coming weeks and months as as we move into this season um 
I'm, I'm curious, you spend a lot of your time doing readings. What other work are you doing? I mean, besides writing a book, which, you know, that's something that takes a lot of time, but what other yeah. uh, magic are you up to? Yeah, I have my own spiritual house. We're called the house of Mama and Brigitte. We're a New Orleans voodoo style house. So we just finished our yearly feast day and offerings for the Orisha Oshun who's in charge of love beauty money marriage the dance like so and we haven't done one of those for a while so that was kind of fun you know to have everybody here and everybody who couldn't be here physically was online with us and uh, you know making magic and feasting and partying it's it's all the same for us so when you say house for those who might not be familiar can you talk about what that means yeah, it's, I mean, I suppose it doesn't have 13 members like a coven. I think we probably have about 20 members now at this point, but it's a okay. spiritual group in the African traditional religions like New Orleans voodoo, which uh -huh. this house is. Um, we, it's sort of more of a godparent, godchild structure, you know, so it's not that you have a high priestess or a high priest, you have a godmother or a godfather, and they sort of guide you through things. So it's more, for me, I feel like it's more of an intimate relationship. You know, you have to be able to tell this person everything. They help you with everything, you know, relationship mm -hmm. problems, money problems, you know, any stupid little thing that you have <laughs> that maybe magic would help with, you know, and uh, some of them have been with me for 15, 20 years now, you know, it's really oh nice. Goodness. Yeah. And do yeah. they eventually, like, is it a hierarchy in that you sort of move up through, like, you then you take on people beneath you who, who are your godchildren? Yeah, definitely. That's kind of the structure. My godmother's taught me, you know and now I'm teaching my students it's slightly a little different than what I got from my godmothers but that's always the way it is right yeah. like am I oh, the yeah. same kind of mom my grandmother was no although I'm probably more like my grandmother than my mother but that's probably just my <laughs> witchiness you know <laughs> your grandma was witchy she was she was I don't know it was her birthday the other day so I don't know I'm talking about her lately but um you know she always did those little things that I never really knew were magic you know like oh this is the way you stir the food this is mm -hmm. throw salt over your shoulder like all those kitchen witch things all yeah. those hedge witch things you know that we did you know the where the evil eye all that stuff <laughs> well, all the you stuff know? that just becomes part of your day-to-day -day and you don't realize necessarily especially at a young age that what you're doing is magic but then as you get older you start to go oh yeah well this is just who I am magic is a part of me yeah I didn't realize everybody didn't do it probably <laughs> until I was almost a teenager I was like what you don't do these things you know <laughs> <laughs> oh and New Orleans was not your first home right no I grew up in Brooklyn so I'm in New York City person and uh there's there's not that many that were born and raised in New York but I'm one of them so uh yeah it's an interesting existence you know I mean I think it makes you really appreciate both nature and other people in a different way you know because sure. there's just so many of them you know and uh, I made a documentary Actually, it was about magic in New York and New Orleans called Bodies of Water. And I made it right before Katrina. And it was about how 
the water influences the spirit. So wherever you are, you know, whatever your major bodies of water are, that's really spirit of place. And that acts on you, you know, and, and how you carry out your magic, how, what it looks like, you know, how it manifests, all those things. Wow. Where, where can one view this documentary? People should just email me, voodoouniverse at yahoo.com. I used to have DVDs, but nobody has a DVD player anymore. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. I have have a a DVD player. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. I'll dig one out for you. (laughs) But there's also like a secret link that people uh, can purchase, but I don't, I don't let it out very often, but. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, because. It's interesting because uh, um, several weeks ago, I did an interview with a gal who was talking about uh, the, you know, dirt as being the place. And I love this idea of as place. And I think I love the idea of the elements as place and how they influence us. And I personally am definitely needing water in my life. I'm super fiery. So I'm always like feeling called to the water to cool me down. Um, and I'm very curious about, about this piece of work that you did. So, yeah, I did a whole book about water magic too, which is funny because people are like, oh, why did you do that? And I was like, they asked me, you know, I, <laughs> there's no shame in my game, <laughs> but you know, cause I'm very fiery too. I mean, I'm a fire sign and mm-hmm. most of my planets are in fire or air, you know, I, I have very little in water. And then when I started thinking about it, I'm like, wait a minute, the planet is mostly water, our bodies, our brains, our hearts are mostly yeah. water, you know, so even if we don't feel that immediate connection, it's there, you know, we need water to live if we don't have that, you know, even if it's in the form of coffee or whatever else you're drinking at the moment, you still <laughs> yeah. need it to live. So we've got to make peace with it and and learn how to really, you know, jive with it because it's so powerful and so strong, like all the elements, you know? Yes, absolutely. And and we are water. I mean, I think that's such an important, important piece of things is that for people who might live in a landlocked place um, and maybe not feel like they're close to a river or close to a lake, your body is still water. Um and that's such an important thing for us to know and to work with, I think, in our relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. You know, I mean, we're born in water, right? There's that yeah. big rush of water when you come out, you know. And and when I looked at it, was funny. I had a friend of mine do a piece for the book who's got her PhD in linguistics. And she was talking about when you go back in all the ancient languages, the sound that they make for the word water is almost the same in like all these different cultures. So it's like, wow, this is so fascinating. There's something primal about water, right? Yeah. Well, like you said, water is life. We have to consume Mm -hmm. it to live. Yes. Um, You can go without food, but you can't go without water. No, no, not as long. No, no. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that's so fascinating. Um, and yeah, just I like to geek out on the elements. They're one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's important as not even as witches, but as humans that yes. live on this earth, you know, <laughs> like, you've got to live in harmony with the elements. We're seeing it now where if you don't, things get all out of balance and stuff starts happening. So true. It's so true. I I know you wrote this book, Water Magic, but what other books have you written? Um, I had three books during the pandemic, Water Magic, 
my best-selling Arisha's Goddesses and Voodoo Queens. And then I had reprinted my first book ever, which is now titled Voodoo and African Traditional Religion. So it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. And so you did all this in the last three years? Yes. Wow. Yes. You've been a busy lady. <laughs> I know. And then I took a little break and now I have another one coming out next year. So that'll be good. And what's I that can't topic? tell too many oh. details, but it's about tarot. That's all I'm saying for right oh? now. Okay. <laughs> finally time I eked out a tarot book so people can look for that. May, I think. <laughs> May or nice. June next year, they're telling me. So, yes. Okay. Fun. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if you can hear this ruckus. My cat has found a hunk of hematite and is um, <laughs> rolling it across the floor. It is not quiet. So, I apologize uh, for, for the noise. It's fine. <laughs> She's it's happy. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So can you tell me a little bit, not, not too much, because we don't want to spoil it, but can you tell me a little bit about what you're going to be teaching at the season of the witch? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not even sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a surprise for everyone. It's a Mr. D as my favorite two-year-old <laughs> used to say, a Mr. D. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. It always sounds so magical to me. But uh, I'm sure it will it will be fantastic. I apologize. I'm doing so many events. I apologize. Oh, yeah. Well, th I know that you're going to be talking about voodoo and about traditional African um, spirituality. Right. Did I hit that nail yes. on the head? Yeah. yeah. And um, so let me ask this. What what was the thing that drew you to voodoo? Because, you know, voodoo has so many different connotations in pop culture and people have, I, I think, um, pretty skewed ideas about what it actually is. And so I'm curious what drew you into that vein? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think, again, there were little things that I had practiced that I didn't know were voodoo or hoodoo beliefs until I got older and saw what was going on, you know, things that my grandmother or my auntie had taught me, you know, mm -hmm. and that was fascinating. But my formal study started when I got to college, well, actually my second undergrad degree, which is in anthro, and I started, you know, going to the anthropology classes, and it was your typical pale, stale, and male teacher, and he was like, there's no such thing as witchcraft, there's no such thing as magic in the United States, and I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, he was very racist and very whatever, and, and my daughters were little at the time, and I was like, I know that's not true. I know that everything that we've heard about witchcraft or voodoo was wrong. So I decided I was going to focus on it both magically and uh, academically. And that same year, I feel like that's when I met my priestess, Priestess Miriam from the Voodoo Spiritual Temple here in New Orleans. And I've been with her for probably 28, 29 years. So that was my first introduction to New Orleans voodoo. Um, I met her at an event, a hippie event that I actually just did again this summer, which is Starwood, which is both magic and uh, psychedelic, you know, hippie 60s kind of vibe, you know. And uh, <laughs> I used to go because they had Timothy Leary and Ola Tunji and all these people there. And then I heard they were getting a voodoo priestess. And I was like, what? So I piled the kids in the car and I drove all night you know, with a tiny tent for the three of us to sleep in <laughs> and was like, get me to the voodoo ritual. And uh, 
you know, it, it's been that way ever since, you know, I just started doing more and more writing about it and, and filming about it and actually practicing it. Mm -hmm. So can you explain maybe just in layman's terms, the difference between voodoo and hoodoo? Cause I know they're not exactly the same. Sure. I mean, voodoo is an initiatory tradition primarily, you know, hoodoo is more of a, I don't even like the word folk tradition, but I think that's the word most people use for it. It's more like practical information about how to handle the situations that you're in right now, whereas voodoo is more focused on ceremonies and feast days and initiations and things like that. Whereas hoodoo's like, oh, I hate my neighbor. What do I do to get rid of her? I take this broom and I stick a fork in it. And I put it next to the wall where they live and then they go away. It's like that kind of a thing. <laughs> And do they have origins from the same places in the world or do they, do they come from different areas or do New you know? New Orleans voodoo is really, I mean, I call New Orleans voodoo a spiritual gumbo of a whole bunch of different traditions, you know, because we were a Spanish colony at one time. We were a French colony at one time after Haitian independence in the late 1700s there was a huge influx of Haitians in the city. The population doubled. And uh, ever since then, you know, about 1800, the population stayed roughly the same, you know? So half of those people that came here were Haitians. And so it's influenced by all those different cultures. We've got a lot of Mexicans and Central Americans. So it's influenced by those cultures. Whereas hoodoo is traditionally Southern U.S., Mm -hmm. And uh, I think there's been sort of a, I don't really agree with the shift, but there's been a shift to sort of call it conjure, but it was practiced again, very practical types of magic, like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to paint my ceiling, paint blue to keep the bad spirits away. Mm -hmm. Well, technically, you know, paint blue is also it, the dyes that they used to use to make the blue also kept the bugs away. So it was, again, literally a practical magic kind of thing that if I paint my house this color, then it won't necessarily get eaten by termites and it won't attract mosquitoes and all those other dangerous things that mm -hmm. could hurt, you know, my existence. So it's, it's more of those types of things. Okay. I, I appreciate that idea of sort of this practical magic of how so often things that do hold practicality in, in our worlds, like to keep the bugs away or whatever it might be, also have this other meaning that comes out of it at some point. Because um, I think you can find that in a lot of different, I'll say folk traditions to just stay in that, that same language. Um, where you see something that maybe had a practicality to begin with actually get more of this magical meaning over time. Um, and then they are joined together. Um, and I just, I just find the history of things fascinating as anybody who listens to this podcast knows. <laughs> yeah, I love the history of things. I mean, I never would have became an anthropologist otherwise, you know, I love right. figuring out how we got to where we got to. And then also how we move forward in the best yeah. way, you know, like if I'm not mindful of different ideas, different cultures, you know, being equal to mine, then I, I'm at risk of, of not having the best possible experience for everybody participating, you know, so I have to meet people where they're coming from and, and hopefully understand that as best I can. Yeah, there's definitely, for me, there's a humility uh, that comes along with, with just being open to like, okay, I don't know. 
there's so much I don't know. Please show me. I'm so, I want to know. I want to know about, and it, and there's so many different ways to be in the world. So, um, so that's why I love talking to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't really trust anybody who doesn't feel that way. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. Like, what do they say? The last person that knew everything about a single subject died in like 1900. So like you can't even know everything about a single subject, let alone be, you know, confident and competent in multiple subjects, you know, like you yes. just have to be humble about it. Totally. And respectful. That's and always respectful. our thing. We have to be respectful. Yeah. Yeah. Lead with kindness and respect. That's, that's kind of my, my motto for life. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what, what his like how were you brought up what was yours if you don't mind me asking I'm curious what your spiritual background was like as a kid in your family I know you talked about some of the things your grandmother did but did you come from like a traditionally Christian background or was uh voodoo part of your background like what I mean and my my parents were probably eclectic mm-hmm. you know somewhere but on the witchcraft scale you know and I mean they really named me Lilith that's really my name so Uh I suppose props to them for that but um (laughs) they didn't really I mean there was there was ancestral things that we did when I was growing up and like I said little magical things kitchen witch things but they never would have said they were practicing witchcraft or practicing voodoo you know I went to Lutheran school um just because in you know, the middle of Brooklyn, that was better than going to public school education wise. So I definitely have that knowledge, but I never really bought into any of it. I just know it, you know, which is good when we get picketed or protested or whatever, you know, it's like, I know the Bible better than you do. So (laughs) let's move along. Right. Because you have that background, have you seen places where uh, Christianity has sort of, um, leaked into some of the more witchier traditions and vice versa definitely definitely I mean I think when we talk about the African traditional religions there's been a sort of borrowing of some of the dates some of the imagery and things like that I think originally that was for safety and also convenience you know you didn't necessarily have an African statue of Oshun who I mentioned earlier but you could get a statue of you know the Virgin Mary as Caridad del Cobre which is the one they use most often for her the patron saint of Cuba and that was something that you could put in your window and people wouldn't necessarily think you were doing magic or you were you know or santo or anything like that so I think there was blending in that way And now I've seen a lot of people identifying as a Christian witch, you know, Uh it's certainly that way in Haiti, people will go do voodoo ceremony on Saturday night and then, you know, Catholic services Sunday morning. I think there's people that do that. They don't see a problem with it. Who am I? I'm not going to tell anybody one way or another. Sure. (laughs) That's how you feel like you want to practice. That's fine with me. Well, faith is faith, right? We all, everybody has their sure. own path to, to that. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. My Haitian Mambo who initiated me, her name was, uh, Gro Mambo Bonnie Devlin. And she was also a UU minister who went to Harvard divinity school. So when I met her, I was teaching at a UU 
church slash community center that used to, I was doing tarot classes and astrology classes and things like that. And then they said, you're going to like this new minister we have for you. She's a voodoo priestess. And I was like, what? You know, (laughs) and uh, she's an amazing person. I was the first person she ever initiated. You know, unfortunately, she's no longer with us, but she was just fantastic. And uh, she was in a lot of different traditions. And I think that was because she was so spiritual, but also because she was like a master drummer, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think there's a way that music and dance and song can sort of transcend traditions in a way sometimes. Absolutely. I, I think that's very true. Um, I think it also just transcends like this particular plane when we tap into using music and, and movement and embodiment, we are able to have some of those more ecstatic um, experiences for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I know that as we've been chatting, you've talked about Oshun several times. Can you talk a little bit about what your relationship with her is like? Oh, okay. Um, I have initiations in La Regla Lukumi, which people more commonly know as Santeria, but that's not really the right name for it. But (laughs) we also honor her in New Orleans voodoo, I think, again, because in the temple that I belong to, we had two Santeros that were in there that honored her. So it kind of made sense to continue when we were honoring in the tradition. And, uh, you know, so I'm a daughter of Oshun, which means... Everybody has a guardian, sort of Arisha, or which is, um, I know these are terms that are hard to define, but basically <laughs> Arisha comes from the term head, Ori, head, and okay. Sha, which is sacred energy. So it's like the sacred energy that rules your head okay. in that sense. So it's like a guiding force. So she's my guiding force. Uh, how do I know that she's my guiding force? You have to have divination done by three priests. Um, it's part of a ceremony and initi- readings have to go with the initiation and then you get to find out. So um, it's not that I had a dream. People write me all the time. I'm like, that's nice that you had a dream, but that's not really how it works in this system. <laughs> you know, because you might think it's one and it's really another, you know, like it's not necessarily all about what we want. It's more about right. what we need at that time. You know, I had a godchild that was all is very beautiful and loves dressing up and loves, you know, everything that is glorious and fabulous and fantastic. And they still wanted to be, you know, guided by Oshun. And then in reality, at that moment, they were guided by Ogun, which is an Orisha that deals with, you know, anger and violence and being alone sometimes, you know, and then after we had that discussion they went home and they found out that two of their friends were fighting and 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 they had to be the peacemaker and deal with all this anger and violence and boundary issues and everything like that and it was like wow okay as much as you wanted to be the pretty one that was on stage at that moment the reality of it is this is what you need in this moment to help these people you love and care about yeah yeah and can that change over the span of your life do do you like get new guiding forces or is that like the one that you your soul has is connected to for this time for this lifetime in lukumi it can change until you get your um until you get an initiation called asiento or asentado which means to get seated or elevated depending on which way you're looking at it and then what they do is they seat that arisha onto your head and then it doesn't change anymore but until then it can change oh interesting okay 
Okay. Yeah. In my house, what we do is we get guiding Arisha or Loa for a year. And then that's the one that you're supposed to focus on because there's thousands of them. It's yeah. just too much for anybody to really access and understand all of them. So in my house, what my godchildren do is get one for a year. They focus on that. That's the one that's going to help them with ever joys and challenges and, and what's on their path right now. Mm-hmm. And then after a year, it's like you reassess or Yeah, we go back and look at it again. I mean, I think there have been a couple of times when someone got the same one twice. Mm -hmm. Apparently, I guess they were still with them. But mostly, that's only happened a couple of times in the maybe hundreds of times we've done it. So right. Yeah, that's so interesting. I'm completely unfamiliar with this tradition. I mean, aside from just like little inklings that I've have come into my, my purview at different (laughs) moments. But, um, but I'm I'm fascinated by it and, and so curious to learn more. Um, yeah. And, and then I guess that also makes me wonder, uh, in the books that you've written is some of this information in there? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, actually, I think I talk because I'm a daughter of Oshun. I think I talk about Oshun in all my books, you know, (laughs) he's also the sacred energy of the river. So she's in the water magic book, you know, um, she's in, charge of love so she's in my love magic book she's and she's in my other couple of books too like she manages to find her way into all the books I don't know if she's in this tarot book maybe we'll see um but like I I think that the the voodoo and African traditional religion book that I did that was originally for beginners it talks about all the different kinds of traditions like what's different about New Orleans than Brazilian Candomblé, than, you know, Lakumi, than, you know, Ifa, if I go back to, you know, the Yoruba people in Nigeria, like, what's the differences between all of these? And what are the similarities? So you might be in one tradition and going to a ceremony or a drum, you know, session in another, what it's going to be the same and what's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now I know where to start. And so does yeah, everybody it's a good else. Beginning. <laughs> it's a good beginning. It's a good beginning. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. And um, I'm wondering, you t- you mentioned your email address earlier, but do you have a website people can find you on? Are you on social media? Like if people want to connect with you, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, I mean, I have a website, lilithdorsey.com. I ha- I'm on social media. I'm on whatever the thing the bird used to be and I got a Facebook <laughs> author page and I got, you know, I'm on the gram. I'm on all of these things. So, you know, okay. however people feel comfortable, reach out and find me, but there's a, t- I have the blog Voodoo universe, which is the largest voodoo blog in the world. There's over oh. 700 posts on there. So um, people can just Google voodoo universe blog and they'll find it. You okay. Know. And I'll make sure to connect uh, these links in the show notes so that people can also just click on those and find their way to you. um, Oh, nice. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And if anybody would like to join us and get to have a little more in-depth time with Lilith, uh, she's going to be presenting at the Season of the Witch Conference, uh, which is happening October 6th and 7th of 2023. That's this year. Uh, And you can hop over to wisewomanwitchery.com and click on the conferences link and find your way there so you can register for that. Fantastic. I'm so excited. Me too. It's going to be so fun. So... 
Well, Lilith, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. I appreciate what you're bringing into the world. I'm looking forward to learning from you and, um, and getting your books. So (laughs) I I have, I have a little bit of a book addiction. So that's, that's good. That's good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) It's good for me too. My husband, he doesn't like it so much, but (laughs) (laughs) no, here's the secret. I'll give you the secret my goddaughter she had to promise her partner she wouldn't buy any more books so now she's taking all my review copies so you have to start reviewing so that way you're not paying for them you're just an official reviewer Mm -hmm. nice well mine is more of a space issue um we have the rule of like one comes in one has to go out which i don't always about i like to sneak the books in yeah that's (laughs) please has to happen has to happen I have a small house and I have many, many bookshelves and <laughs> some stacks of books by my bedside. So can't help That's it. That's great. You that. never know I what you're going to need to know. No, it's true. It's true. You know, and we think we have this information, but we don't, no. you know, <laughs> no, I, I can't tell you how many times I have to reference books. Um, and, and I appreciate it. I enjoy it. So that's part of the problem <laughs> with my library. Yep. Yep. I understand. I feel your pain. Yeah. Thank you. I, a kindred spirit. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me on. This was delightful. You are so welcome and I appreciate you and we will all be hanging out real soon. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. All All right. right. Hey there friends. Emily here from wise woman witchery. If you like what you hear on the witch next door, I invite you to support us. You can do that by rating, reviewing, liking, following, uh, what else? (laughs) Whatever else it is that you do on the platform you like to listen to podcasts on. By doing these things, it actually helps other people find us. And in that way, helps us spread the magic. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And thanks for being a listener. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.